got this going. Okay, good morning, good day, good afternoon, like I said. This is Black Girl from Eugene. I am Aisha Elliott, and I am joined here by my guest, Zajane. Zajane. Yes, Sanchez. Sanchez, which is a beautiful name. So I, I, I want to. I'm just going to start off. We're going to start hot and heavy. Um, Do it. Let before I start, I always give a little announcement. Thank you, everyone who is my Patreon, who supports my podcast. Five dollars a month makes a huge difference in my life and the production. Um, in this new year, I know we're in March, starting off in springtime. I'm going to try to get back to my regular schedule of at least a weekly podcast, but right now we've got a few stacked up that are very, very, very uh, compelling to listen to, and I will be most likely a little bit more on my podcast myself, um, but today my guest, and, and thank you so much for joining me, we are actually going to be talking about an experience here in Eugene, Oregon, which uh, you know people who are listening across the country know from my podcast is a predominantly white space. And uh, living black here is what my podcast is really about, living black in any predominantly white space globally, honestly. Uh, the, all the experiences are very, very universal. So um, we're going to talk about that today. And we, on one of my previous podcasts, we actually talked about um, boards. And we talked about, uh, real lightly, the NAACP of uh, the Eugene chapter and really... NAACP period as an entity for black um, upliftment and black advancement. It was exactly what it stands for, right? And how as white folks get their hands in it, even though we know that the board originally, the very intent was to have a multicultural actually approach to upliftment of black folks, um, we know with historical context to white folks being involved uh, not allowing black folks to really flourish or to lead or to have um, tangible gains to what we what's created for us by us to us to uplift us. So we have Zajne, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're so so welcome. Okay, first let's introduce you a little bit. Where are you from? How did you get? Are you a student? Let's just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're gonna get yeah. right into what your experience was with the NAACP. Um, and really, I want to say, we're not, before we do this, we're not picking, but we are. And really, at the same time, we're not isolating, but we want to want you to look at this situation because I brought you on this podcast because this situation is not isolated, right? You just got an inside view to some shit that goes down, like for real, all the time. And I have a happen to have a platform will allow you to talk the way you need to. Thank you. Right to get this out. So when people are listening, this is not an isolated situation to the NAACP. We have a serious problem right now with the local NAACP. Serious problem, but this is not isolated to them. Right. This is this is like corporation. This is business. This is like you know, girl. We're gonna get into that a little bit more. I, I was like, so. <laughs> Okay, tell me about yourself. Tell me about tell okay, the people. Cool. Let, all right, let me start off by introducing myself. Um, like, like you know, like Miss Elliot said, uh, my name is Zajane Sanchez. Um, I was born in Seattle, Washington, February twenty seventh, two thousand one. <laughs> um, I have lived in Eugene, Oregon, for about ten years. I just turned twenty one um, okay. just a few weeks ago, so I've been here, you know, all throughout middle school, 
um, high school and, and all throughout that. So being in the community that I don't necessarily see a lot of people that look like me mm-hmm. is a problem. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I've had to uh, learn and endure while 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 living here. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness, because of the you know the woman that um, that raised me, I was always just pro black. I was always just I, I surrounded myself, especially I went to Sheldon High School in Eugene. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always pro black. I was I, I surrounded myself with beautiful black students who looked like me, who did the who had the same interests, and you know obviously who have grown up in Eugene as well. So. Um, I really did do my best while touching, you know, kind of having my hands more on uh, the BSU Black Student Union in, in high school as well. So um, I think the one thing that I did impactfully in high school was start my own step team. Oh, very um, nice. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. And that was just kind of like my first hands on, you know, trying to get the black community and, our, and the students at Sheldon. Um, really just connected, you know, so um, always going to field trips and, and, and you just, you know, kind of just exploring what, you know, being a black woman is, you know, fulfilling that role that I really want to put my socks in and feel good, feel right. confident, you know? Yes. Um, so, you know, fast forward, I'm graduating, everything's cool. Um, I'm, in, I'm a dual enrolled student at the University of Oregon and Lane Community College. Okay. So I take, I'm part-time at both um, and I work full-time at a BMW dealership. So, Right now, I'm at the stage of working full time, wanting to move out, you know, kind of just get my life started, you know, do what I can right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think there are some things that I didn't learn um, adulting. And that is yeah. sometimes you can kind of deal with confidence issues. You know, when you're in the adult life versus high school, it's so much different. You know, in high school, I had all my friends, all my homies. I could see all my, you know, my black girls. We all had, you know, we were all doing our hair. It was awesome. It was a good vibe. Right. When you're getting. When you're when you're leading yourself to see adult life, it's like, oh, oh, now I gotta work. Okay, no, no problem. Well, you know, now you gotta deal with people. Now you gotta deal with people out in the world. And that's something that I had to deal with heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanna start off by saying that, you know, I've been working at the BMW dealership for about a year, two months now, and it was awesome. It's pretty good. But there was a day that came across, and it was during Black History Month in the beginning of February. Lord and I was just in a situation at work where I was dealing with well, unfortunately, a lot of racial discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always being fa- made fun of because of the wigs that I was wearing, um, the braids, you know, how often I'd switch my hair. Um, and I'd get really, really mean comments about those. Wait, hold on. Like, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Back that ahead. up. What do you mean by made fun of? You were at the BMW. Okay. So how did you, how I'd like to know, like, for the folks, yeah. I mean, you know, what do you mean by made fun of? So what I mean by that is like when I first started, I started as a detailer. Let me tell you something. I knew I wanted to get my hands dirty, but I needed a full time job. Right. So obviously I'm dressing up looking cute. I had my nails done. Um, I, w- I was learning how to you know put my wigs down, lace fronts and everything. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'd come to work, um, th- mind you, there was only a few uh, people of color that worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, they would, you know, kind of sneak around and make fun of me and be like, oh, you're you know, you look like a catfish. Oh, this. you look like this. You look like this. Like. You know, they're like, oh, you're switching it up every day. You know, they kind of say slick stuff right. to make me feel like I was just so different and so just, ugh. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. dealing with a lot of heavy things being the only woman of color. I was always being treated different. They were always awkward around me. And just, I mean, my mental health was really declining because of it, you right. know? And I didn't think that, you know, getting into the adult world, that's really something I had to do with at work. Right. You know, because if you spend 40 hours a week, some, you know, at a place where you really like um, you don't really expect to be treated like that, you know, especially right. by people you work with, not even customers. 
Um, and it was at a point in, 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 um, in February where my mental health was declining. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I had a day where I was like, you know what, I need help, you know, because my wages, um, I'm not being paid a lot. Um, I'm really struggling and I'm, you know, I really need some help. So I think first person I wanted to come to and call was the NAACP. So that's where it all started. So, you know, I was so angry and so just alone. I felt cornered, you know, working in such a white space. And I think that in a sense of just never feeling a sense of belonging. You could tell that that the way they approached me was different how they approached everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was just the way that I'd walk past the white boys and they'd be like, hey, sister. And yeah. I'd be like, huh? Right. That not you for know, you. Every, what I, are you doing? I, I'm telling you, I really, I, I would love to get, you know, more into it with you later. But let me tell you, it was just a lot of yikes stuff. You know, yeah. I'd wear hoops and they'd just be like, oh, yeah, the bigger the hoops, girl. You know what that means. And I'd be like. What, what does that mean, actually? Yeah. What, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and then you have to be like defensive like you're gonna be like oh so you want to do that here at work like let me take off my shit and like let's get into this right now or and then you can't even position yourself in a way that doesn't end up being the aggressive black girl in the situation because you just gotta take it which so that and that no no that and this is and i and i love what you're saying i love what you're saying because everything that you're saying they really think that they're being connecting with you they actually think that that's like something that you want to hear like, yeah. you know, and they're, they are so ignorant into their microaggressions that yep. as they keep, keep pinching at you with mm-hmm. this, this clumsy idea of cultural connection, when they have yep. nothing to do with your culture at all and can't just connect with you as a person, right? Absolutely. It yep. feels like, you know, first of all, they're doing too much. They're making, yep. they're isolating you. They're making you, uh, like you said, the joke. You can't, you can't rebuttal, teach and or uh, not that you want to teach because you shouldn't be teaching, but if you're right. gonna rebuttal, then you're gonna be mad, right? Oh, you don't like you don't take a joke. Oh, you don't. You're too serious. Are you right? So it's and, inappropriate all around. Mm-hmm. And you See, took a job that you enjoyed, and now you like having to go to work to deal with that and try to right. maintain your. So you went to NAACP, which yep. is exactly what most people would do because that's where you find your community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So. Um, and just to touch base on what you said, um, and yes, feeling cornered and mind you, I work at a very luxury dealership. Right. Be up, so I already felt that, that code switch, you know, that, yeah. hey, how, you, I, and then behind closed doors with the coworkers, it just wasn't cool. Right. Um, a lot of N words were being passed around to in front of me and things like that. So obviously like anybody, yes. Girl. Okay. My mouth just dropped open. Cause you yeah, think so- most white folks know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just trying to give you some backstory of why I was calling them. You know, why yeah. you know, I really felt the need to call them. But yes, I mean, there was conversations I was having. And, and yes, you know, I had I documented verbally um, people, you know, with Sadie N-Word. And, you know, I had a white woman there, Sadie N-Word, uh, in front of me because her black boyfriend who worked there um, or, you know, used to work there is her is her husband. So she felt that oh, she thought she had Oh, she thought she had a pass. <laughs> you don't have a yeah, pass. Yeah. For anyone listening, you don't have one. Okay, keep on. I'm on the clock, so there is no harassment. I can't get loud. I can't get aggressive. I can't get, you know, this is a high school. I'm like, okay, girl, meet me in the back. So obviously, I am feeling all of these emotions during Black History Month. I am just feeling so. She said during Black History Month. (laughs) You know, that just motivated me. I was like, not not during my month. Okay. (laughs) You know, how I'm feeling, you know, but. Either way, I, I dialed the number and immediately, this is the first time I'm talking to the NAACP since high school, okay? Yeah. So, I graduated in 2019, so it's obviously been a few years. 
Um, the last time I checked about NAACP, I knew that Eric Richardson was the man to talk to. That right. man has always been by my side, standing for what I believed in and always making sure that I was, you know, the best version of, of myself as a black woman, as Zasha Nay, as mm-hmm. someone who always fought out to, to, to hug the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I pick up the phone and I'm like, hey, um, you know, hey, I'm just, you know, looking to, to, to speak to an admin. I'm wanting to get some advice and things like that. And uh, Jordan picks up the phone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Someone picks up the phone and um, he just kind of explains like, oh, you know, no one's here. Sorry. Um, and his, the tone of his voice, he was like, you could tell he looked around and was like, well, quote unquote, he's like, well, I'm the only person of color here, so I can help you. <laughs> like, okay, he's like, right. uh, let me just be real honest with you, okay? Yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> Look, and the, the, the ministry has fallen and there's, I'm the only black person left. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's exactly how the, the conversation went. And so I'm kind of giggling like, oh, okay, didn't think anything much of it. And um, he was just like, you know, you could talk to me. Um, I tell him what I'm going through and I tell him, I'm like, man, I'm looking, I'm looking for other opportunities. Um, you know, and he, he, you know, the person he's telling me about a situation he was in and made me feel really, really good. Like actually. Yeah. Um, and he was just like, you know, there's an opportunity here at the NAACP that I, you know, love for you to take. I mean, you know, we're hiring, um, you know, it pays this amount and, um, you get this amount of responsibilities and it's awesome, you know, be the office manager. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Right. That's- yeah. Cool. I'm feeling. I'm feeling a, a, a sense of belief. I'm. Um, I'm seeing an exit door that is just a beautiful opportunity. You mm-hmm. know, high school me would be jumping through the roof getting this opportunity. Right. So I came here um, with you know obviously good intentions and I'm really just happy, just really excited about it. So I fill out the application. I send an email. I send over my resume, and I immediately, probably about thirty minutes later, I get an email from a secretary. Um, and the secretary was just like, Hey, like, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Would you like to set up an interview? I'm like, what? All in, all in one day? This happened real quick. <laughs> flag number one. <laughs> Look, flag number um, one. <laughs> but, okay. You know, <laughs> so about a week goes by and we have a phone interview. Um, and immediately, um, or sorry, it was a, it was a zoom, uh, it was a zoom interview and, uh, a white woman pops up and, didn't think anything of it and I was like hi she's like you know hey you know I'm the secretary here um nice to meet you blah this and the interview starts I'm gonna keep it real the inner it was probably 15 percent interview and the rest was explaining the situation about the reputation of at the NAACP and that to me was a little red flag okay you know she, you know goes in and asks yeah. me about you know my experience you know um my current work position and things like that um, and you know, the interview starts after mm-hmm. the interview starts, she then goes on and says, Hey, quote unquote, she was just like, I just want to let you know right now that our NAACP is just, you know, our reputation is not good. And I was just like, Oh, like what happened? She's like, well, in 2019, well, we, you know, Eric Richardson is, you know, no, no longer with us. And I was like, huh? Right. You're like, wait, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, I'm like, what? Okay. Weird. Whatever. What? Huh? And she continues telling me about how she was a victim of death threats, about how she's hired on people and how she was super nervous about hiring me on because she did not want me to leave. She was just like, well, I just don't, you know, I have a hesitation. I'm trying to be transparent with you, but I'm hesitant because a lot of people who I fired um, or who I have hired, um, they have just not been good workers at all. Um, She then. So she started talking about people, other people working there. In the interview. 
in the interview, which made me so like hot. And she's name dropping um, in the first interview. And she's like, oh, so-and-so, they, um, you know, the first girl, she made a scene. She went to the, she went to the Mims house. She um, threw trash everywhere. She, you know, left shirts out. She barely did anything. And this is the first interview. She's telling me what I potentially have to deal with um, being an office manager always there. Um, and I was like, what? Okay. So she's trash talking the last black woman who worked there, who she had to let go. This is the behavior she's saying she did whilst letting her go. Like yes. when she got fired. Okay. And so she's telling you about this and giving you her name at the interview. There are so many serious legal problems at this very point. And at the same time, this is a white woman disparaging a black woman that she had, that yep. she let go. Okay, keep going. That's what makes sure everyone listening is clear. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Um, again, um, the white woman, she she continues to go on about um, how um, this black woman just, you know, made a scene, made it inappropriate, sent death threats. Um, she was also telling me about every day, you know, she, she's like, this is my volunteer position. I volunteer my time. I work for the government. I do this and this. So I do, I do this out of my free time. I don't understand why this is happening. Uh, she said this has been going on for years and that I don't deserve this. Uh, it was kind of, you know, victim mentality. You know, I was like, okay, obviously this is my first interview. And I'm like, okay, oh, that's, that's, that's upsetting. Like, like I don't kind of know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay, so am I going to get the job? You know, so. Right, like. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't think of it. Um, she enjoyed the interview and everything was great. And she invited me to a NAACP dinner. Um, that Friday. And I was like, okay, she's like, I want to meet you in person. I want to make sure y'all want to see, you know, how your vibe is, you know, it's gonna be fancy and things like that. Um, so please come. Um, I got off the phone with the interview and I kind of had this sense of a weird gut feeling, <laughs> a weird, like unsure. Um, it was more like I was conversating with her for an hour rather than actually being interviewed. Right. Uh, and it was a little weird. So I didn't think anything of it. And I continued to get ready for the dinner the next week. And I dressed fancy. I was super excited. Um, and I got to the dinner, um, and everything was super just official. Everything was NAACP. You know, the president was there. I mean, there was other NAACPs, um, even the, um, you know, just people that worked in the, um, you know, state governor offices mm -hmm. were there. It felt very official. Mm -hmm. So um, I was there. I was socializing, and everything was great and dandy. Um, can you still hear me? Uh-huh. Perfect. Just double checking. Okay, so everything was great and dandy, and um, I was I felt a little out of place, and I think it's because a lot of the people that were there were a lot more older than me, right? Uh, <laughs> and um, I don't know. I just it, you know I was trying to do my best with socializing, but I could tell that um, the women that were part of the NAACP, the admin, they were kind of standing around and watching me, you know. And I thought that was kind of wow. you know it was kind of like a test, you know. It felt like, and I was like, oh. Okay. All right. So, you know, they come up to me and they're like, hey, like, you know, um, you see that person over there? Like, go talk to them. Like, you know. No, they did not put you on trial or in the After dinner. I mean, there are probably about, oh my gosh, there was at least oh, a couple hundred people at that dinner. And I was talking to people who knew me when I was like a baby, <laughs> knew me when I was like 11. And well, um, I'm Okay, look, I, I mean, I, I don't mean to jump in and interrupt you because I have done, I have done hiring practices and hiring and hiring people for years and years. And I, as an equity advisor, I talk to folks about how their hiring practices are. And the thing about this is that they could not have replicated this scenario with any other person that they would try to hire. 
So they put you in this situation and it, they didn't explain to you that you would be continuing your interview while at this dinner. They did not tell you that you would be on display as this, you know, I, it, it's profoundly unprofessional, profoundly uh, isolating and, and, and quite frankly, traumatizing for someone who, who is being thrown into a situation where it's just completely yeah. inequitable. Like what, how can you, okay, keep going. I'm, I'm just, I'm okay. blown away by that approach, but go ahead. It, it was rough. I mean, I was standing there and I was just so, I mean, I'm obviously trying to make a good impression and um, I didn't know where I was supposed to sit, but my section of seating, I was actually supposed to be, or I was sitting at the staff table. I was sitting where, um, you know, each table had its own representation of where you came from or what, yeah. you know, a bit, you're coming from and I was sitting at the NAACP staff table um and you know I was like okay official this is cool so I'm sitting there all alone um and again multiple people the treasurer the um the vice president they're coming up to me like, hey go talk to this person go introduce yourself to this person of all this so I'm like okay all right um all right so I'm getting up and I'm you know doing my thing I'm doing what I'm supposed to do I'm obviously keeping uh, my composure um, and things like that. And the dinner overall goes well. Um, I think that the one thing that was really uncomfortable for me is that there was a table of five people and I was the only black woman at that table at the NAACP staff table. I was the only yeah. woman of color in that group. Um, and I'm just talking to the, you know, the uh, treasurer next to me or, you know, another lady in power. And she's telling me about, you know, all the horrible things and how the, you know, the Mims house has rats in it and, you know, no one takes care of the house and, you know, she was like, oh, man, I don't want you to stay. She's like, I know you're asking for 40 hours a week, but I just don't know, you know, if, you know, that's possible. So she's kind of going into details at the dinner about what are some things that I, you know, should look forward to and keep in mind. Um, and I'm like, OK, you know, I can take it on. It's, it's no biggie. Um, and the dinner goes great. You know, I, I you know, there's lots of speeches and lots of performances and things like that. And towards the end, um, uh, one of the just one of the staff members they asked me they're like hey would you you know would you be able to do one more interview with everybody involved you know just all the staff including the president um, and I personally know the president I mean he's known me since I was in middle school um, and he is the only one of the staff um, you know of the this section of staff members that is of color too um, and I was like okay one more interview after dinner okay that's fine okay I'm thinking at that point I didn't really make a good impression so. My confidence is going a little down because they're asking me for an interview after I met them in person. So, okay, that's fine. Um, but, okay, right. so wait, let me ask you something. When they're telling you to introduce yourself, to introduce yourself as what? Um, introduce myself as an office manager, which they have not told me I was hired. Oh, my God. Hold, yes. hold so, up. They, this is fronting. They yeah. want whole shit. They used you mm-hmm. to look like they had an office manager in place as a black woman with the staff being all white. They used you before they had even hired you to look like they had someone as an office manager at the goddamn thing. I am disgusted. 
the fact that they said before I showed up that I came at a perfect time, that I emailed them at a perfect time, seemed a little too convincing and a little too convenient for them and, a, and, and extremely inappropriate. And I, it saddens me that they, they caught me at such a vulnerable spot because I was in such a, a bad situation at my current job. I, I wanted a Of course. No, you were like, out. this is the NAACP. Like, what could it pop? Like, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. To come in and like, oh yeah, I'm happy. Let's go, let's go. This is a glow up. I'm, this is awesome. Yeah. So it, it saddens me that you know I thought I had a way out, but it really was just. This is my. I mean, this is this blows my mind. I mean, I'm 20. I'm 20 at the, at this point, and I'm just like, okay, yay. Right. Um, and I need to introduce myself. They're like, hey, get up. You know, you're our office manager. Like, get up and introduce yourselves. And I mean, I'm talking to people that are um, governor of state. I mean, this yeah. You know, from. Um, teachers to people who work in um, uh, for 4J. I mean, just introducing myself and trying to uplift decent conversations uh, with somebody who um, who I may not have a lot in common. But I am introducing myself, and I'm like, hey, like I'm the new. If the they, awkward to they, say I'm the new office manager, <laughs> they know who the office manager has been for the past nine or eight, seven, six years, and all of a sudden you show up talking about I'm the. That is just wow. They put you, they you. Okay, keep going. I'm I'm like, girl. I, look, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So, um, towards the end of the dinner, I'm going up to uh, the head president and um, who I personally know, and he's just ex so excited to see me. He said, "Hey, um, go speak to the secretary uh, before you leave. You know, I, there's just a few more things we want to talk to you about." And I'm like, "Okay, all right." Um, I go back to her, and she's like, "Okay, cool. I'm gonna keep in contact with you. One more interview with everybody involved, and we're done." And I was like, all right, awesome. So I leave. Um, we make date of the, uh, the, the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this the third interview because it's it's pretty much the third. Um, we kind of touch base. And when I hop in the Zoom meeting, again, uh, me and the top president are the only people of color. And there are probably about four other people, mm -hmm. maybe four or five mm -hmm. um, other people in the Zoom meeting. And the president doesn't ask me any questions, really. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the... Um, white people who are just kind of asking me like, oh, what do you, why do you want to do this? And blah, 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 this, and it, I, in that, in that sense, it, I almost felt not even entitled to the position, but it's like, why wouldn't you hire me? Because of the, because of the burning passion I had to lead people um, in the right direction. The, the, the fact that there was just no one that could relate to the stories that I was telling in the interviews um, when I was telling them about, you know, situations in high school, situations at work that where I felt the need um, to educate people um, and to, to really school them and to really, um, you know, let them know where I came from. It I, I was it's like I was telling a story to someone who couldn't relate. Girl, you know, this is such a hot damn mess. I can't even believe it. Like I, I was telling them because they wanted me to name situations. They wanted me to go in about um, what microaggressions were. They wanted me to t to to touch base on a situation where I felt like I, you know, was being targeted, you know, they, because they told me, they're like, oh, if you work in the men's house, you're going to get, you might get death threats. You might get mean people. You right. might get, get prepared for that. Um, and I was like, no problem. Um, and I had to kind of go off about experiences that I had. And it was after I would share a story, it'd be like awkward silence for mm -hmm. a minute. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of look around, nod their heads and be like, okay, cool. Next question. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was black enough. Was that black enough? I think that, did that hit all the, that sounds good? That sounds good. Okay. Exactly. Jesus, Lord so have mercy. At this point, 
oh my gosh. So at this point, I'm like, okay, um, interview went well. Um, and towards the end, everybody else logs off except for the secretary. She's like, hey, I just want to let you know, um, interviews went beautiful. Um, I really, I, I'm really, I really want to take you on. Um, she said, personally, I'm a little nervous because I really want this to be a long-term thing. Um, but, you know, just let me know. I'm going to send you an email about the official acceptance and then we'll go from there. Um, mind you, at this point, I'm seeing way too many red flags. And I'm getting really uncomfortable. So at this point, I needed I needed to take this to social media. And therefore, I posted on my Instagram story. I said, um, have you worked for the NAACP or, you know, been in contact with the NAACP or know anything about the NAACP? Um, please get in touch with me immediately. Um, and that's when um, and that's when Barbara texted me and was like, hey, like, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, man, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Like some things are going on and I'm not, it's not, it's not looking good at all. I mm-hmm. mean, the way that they're painting out every person of color who was worked for them as aggressive, made a scene, um, sending death threats, um, harassing them at the Mims house. I mean, they're literally telling me that every person that they have fired are getting aggressive. And I'm wondering why that's being painted out and why they are people of color. Why is that? Um, so as soon as I go home, a few days go by and I get my acceptance email and I have it. Um, mind you, some things that are looking new to me, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Barbara. I'm like, dang, once a month pay? Um, and she's like, well, it's a government job. And I'm right. like, okay, all right, six months probationary period. So how long did, you know, so-and-so or so-and-so <laughs> stay? You know, did they, did they get fired, you know, after five months? You know, I'm really, really confused. Um, there was just a lot of inappropriate talk and a lot of just... I mean, it was just such a, a bad situation and, and it saddened me so much because I really thought I had a way out. I really thought I had a a journey to go on. You know, there was just so much you could do while working for the NAACP and uh, not only just the image, the title. I mean, it is the, uh, you know, just the things you could do in a community like yeah. that. I mean, yeah. So, happy, I, so I'm, what, I'm curious, did you, what did you, so you did not accept the position? I did not. So I told her. So as soon as she sent me the letter and I'm like, ooh, you know, this isn't um, when I got the letter originally, the letter said 30 hours a week. When in all of the interviews we talked about, I told her that, you know, I'd love for her to push it to 35 to 40. And she said she would make that work. Um, the final notice was um, 30 hours a week um, and just a lot of just miscommunication about, you know, things she never really told me about mm-hmm. ever. Um, and that was really upsetting to me. So I went back to my current job and, you know, I told him, I said, Hey, I'm getting this job offer. Um, you know, I, um, you know, I'm thinking about accepting it, but also, you know, what should I do? I'm just talking to a coworker. Um, I tell Laura or sorry, I tell the secretary, sorry. <laughs> I tell the secretary, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, Hey, um, my job's actually thinking about wanting to keep me, um, and wanting to pay me this much. Mind you, I call her and she's acting really, really hostile with me. She's like, Oh, well, no, 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 no. Like uh, we can, we can bump the peg. We can bump the hours. Just, I, I will have a team meeting tonight. Like, please, like we'll, we'll, we can, we can negotiate. Are you open for negotiating? Um, and I'm like, sure. Um, but she's in, in this phone call, she's being kind of just really aggressive with it. You know, like, no, 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 no. Like we didn't waste all this time for nothing. Like we did not know this, like let's negotiate. I'll, I'll try to do as much as we can. How about this much for this much hours? And obviously, you know, in that place, I'm like, okay, all right, all right, see, see what you can do, you know, see right. what you can do better than my job is now. Uh, because unfortunately, it was the same time my job gave me a, a huge raise. Um, 
I got back to her the next day and I sent her this text and I said, hey, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to take the job opportunity. I appreciate you, you know, for all the time and things like that. Um, And that was just that was weeks ago. Um, And ever since I sent that text, um, I've never received a phone call back from her. I never received a text back. I never received a phone call back. Um, nothing. I mean, just, just absolutely nothing. Just completely ghosted, basically. Um, wow. <laughs> the following day, the following day, um, the president does um, contact me via text, and he said, "Hey, you know, just reaching out. You know, you got an opportunity. Let us know if you want to take it. You know, let us know." Um, and in that case, I already, you know, kind of gave them my answer. So then, kind of following up with a text two days later, kind of you know, sending me phone calls and voicemails and emails like, hey, you know, check, 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 check. Um, I, there was just, I have receipts of just email after email of, hey, hello, hello. And mind you, I'm at work. <laughs> and so I don't get to, re- you know, reply every hour. Um, but it was just, it was an ugly situation. It made me really sad that I couldn't take it. But now they <laughs> pressured you into it after you said no, they kept pressuring you. Ah, oh, this is so gross. It's, it's so gross. It's so gross. It is like what really? Yeah. Oh no. So this is bad. This is bad. Um. So I want to say that I first of all I'm super sorry that that was your experience going to the one, uh, one of the most um, seen and easily visible spots for black community to be helped without question and with, with assistance with food, shelter, you know, uh, education. All of those yeah. things were something that was really robust in our community through the NAACP. And I'm sorry that you went and were treated like a commodity uh, mm-hmm. instead of yeah. actually like a person with talent. They needed to have a black face in that position and they yeah. were clamoring to get you there. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no leadership at the NAACP at this point that has any sense of black, um, black centered community thought consciousness. Mm -hmm. There isn't one. And so meaning that to maintain the balance of the community and the opportunities to have, but, uh, for people of color first, right. For the advancement first, uh, is is being centered around a particular person versus the community at large, which is evident and obvious. And that's why people are not going to the NAACP anymore. That's why people are pulling out of the NAACP. That's why people are sta- are are openly stating how unstable uh, it is. And without having anybody of color there that understands how important it is to com- to maintain community with Black folks. Now, black folks are, are oral community. 2022, if one person ain't going, none of us are going. We, that, that question of uh, who all over there is absolutely real for black folks, right? So when the NAACP shows its ass like it is, and ain't no black people at the NAACP right now who are, who are focusing on black community, right, as a whole... And at meaning that the women, the children, the education, the the um, not just advancement of, of political agendas, but the community at large. One, to, it, it don't you see black folks fleeing or black folks being fired or black folks? That's a that's a that is smoke. That's more yep. than a red flag. That's smoke. That's a smoke signal of of racism. And I want 
to be very clear with the whole everyone who is listening, do not come for me and or Jajane about a black person doing anything because I will not sit here for free and talk to y'all for hours and hours about white supremacy culture and how black and brown people assign their ass right next to it too, right? Yes. So the fact mm -hmm. of the matter is, is that the, you, the proof is in the pudding, right? Mm -hmm. Black folks yep. need community, right? They, the community opportunity comes after community. We have to have each other to, in order to move through these systems of white supremacy and these systems of, of places in this world that are, are designed to exclude us. We have to have each other and allies that we deem allies to help remove barriers. This is a being put into a place as a, as a mark, as a Sambo, as a, as a token, just because you someone up front, black and brown, does not mean they have the, the, the community at large at, in their heart. Right. And to mm -hmm. me, for them to allow you to be put in a position at something as as as, um, you know, important as the Freedom Fund dinner is what you're talking about and be yep. there with all of those and to pose yourself as a as a staff member when you have not been hired and to nope. then at a whole table of white folks to puppet you around the room. They, yep. do, you real, do you understand? I'm not talking to you. But the group of people listening to us, the, the people around the country hearing, if you th think for a second that there was an appropriate action made in this whole story, that, that please DM me because there wasn't one. And mm -hmm. the harm that was done has taken memory and, ex and exposure away from what, I'm sorry, memory and, and closeness to the NAACP that you had in yeah. terms of a place to feel seen you went, yep. you went there willingly and was used, you know, and then, and then badgered about not taking the opportunity to be right. what, to be what the one black person taking all the hits again in the middle of the, are yeah. you kidding? Seriously. So, um, go ahead. And on top of that, like you have to understand too, in the sense that I was in, in like a, a, a lot of other students too, is that. You know, because we're we're entering this adult life, we wanted I wanted a sense of belonging. I wanted right. and like others too. I mean, seriously, I, I called in at a vulnerable spot asking for help and was roped in completely. And mm -hmm. it, it is disgusting. I I, I, I it, it makes me embarrassed to talk about this because even when I talk about it with other people, um I, it makes me it sounds a little messed up, but at the end of the day, that why there needs to be more rep, black rest representation, like period. Seriously. Right. Yeah. I, the, the, that I was just so morphed in into, uh, you know, this opportunity and we have this and this money and, and things like that. I mean, there was just a, a amount of, I don't know, an insane amount of disgusting red flags. I mean, it makes me so sad. The fact that I was wrapped in and the fact that, you know, I can't, I can't really call them back no more. You know, I right. can't really, really use them as a resource anymore because of just the way that they are, you know, yeah. um, the way that they kind of have this this representation of oh everyone's you know this this group is you know aggressive and, and things like that is just so sad i mean for them to talk about anyone's hot firing process and to tell you names um mm -hmm. is a lawsuit first of all yeah. and uh yeah by the people who they were named and then second um for them to describe the behavior you know mm -hmm. um as if and attribute it to to um, everyone who they fired and talked about were black. 
Um, it's it's real, and the, and to say that that's who's running. Of um, if you're not going to the church, you have the NAACP, right? Um, and so the one place you have, and that's what they're gonna do with it, is just it's just um, white folks trying to they, everyone on that board, everyone in those uh, ma- maintaining that the, that space really believe that they're an ally and don't understand what ally, allyship means. They don't understand it. And yeah. whether or not the black folks were thrown out on their ass or head appropriately or not, there ain't a black person in that place that is asking you to be there to help them on their behalf. You're talking about one person and that person is, is questionably representing anything, then you yeah. would need to say that you cannot possibly be an ally. Ain't nobody there who is an ally that would still be there at this point. Right. Or knows my struggles at all. No, there would know anybody. Uh, If you understand the black community in Eugene and what the black community is up against and you saw and heard and and witnessed what you went through and what has been Mm -hmm. going on as an ally, you would have been stepped. You see what I'm saying? Wouldn't have been there. Wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been there. So, so the truth of it is, is that, you know, I want folks hearing it to really witness how the, the cognitive dissonance of their self-proclaimed allyship in a position that could be taken by people who actually give a damn other than, <laughs> other than creating their political career and other than uh, having on their resume that they were with the NW. Like you said, I, you thought it was a thing, right? Now these white folks yeah. are utilizing that, trying to puppet black folks to make it look like it's working when the truth of it is, like I said, the ministry has fallen. The white folks who have no clue have taken over. Right in a in a point where they don't even understand how to reach out and make and build community with the black with black community that was already there. There was already a community there. How did you fuck that up? Right? Like I don't understand. Um, I do understand, but I'm just saying, like, right? That we have to um, we have to mourn that loss and that grief, and really we have to create spaces of our own for this very reason. And even though the NAACP in itself, you would think, is a space for us, this is what it's like to be black in the Pacific Northwest. We have to vet something like the NAACP because it's been taken over by people who aren't representative of upholding and maintaining, uplifting and advancing the community. And we got to double check that before we can even walk into a space that's designed for us being taken over by this shit. So I, I feel like it's a very good reminder for black folks and for white folks Black folks who aren't from around and who are looking for community or people who are from around and are looking for community to understand that we are looking for togetherness, right? We are looking for upliftment. We are looking for village connectivity. Um, and it doesn't have a, a label. It has, a, it has an energy. You know what I'm saying? And if, you are, if you're white trying to believe that you can create these spaces or share space and you don't have any connection or, or relationship with the community Nothing. that you're trying to serve, come, stop it. Stop it. Exactly. You got to learn first. Slow yourself down. Slow down, right? Mm-hmm. Slow down and learn something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, girl, thank you so like much. The, that makes me so mad because it's just like, that's the one thing we had, the H-A-D in yeah. Eugene. That's the one thing we had in Eugene for yeah. people to, to look towards for resources opportunity help i mean they are grasping people at the, their most vulnerable points in their life and the fact that people it is just being represented in such a very disgusting way and the fact that behind the scenes that i got to kind of go in 
and see what the, the, the process was like. And the fact that, you know, obviously I was just so confused because I'm being handed this beautiful, what I thought was a beautiful opportunity, opportunity yeah. really was not like that because right. I had a gut feeling. I wasn't really being treated like this. I wasn't really told this or that or this or that or anything. Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean, it makes me emotional because that is the one thing that I that, that I felt like me and my friends had to look forward to. The right. fact that I was a little girl growing up here and the fact that I'm an adult now and I was in a bad situation, I called them and they roped me in yeah. and used me. Yeah. That makes me so upset and sad because who do I go to now? Right. There is no high school meetings. There is no no more high school field trips anymore. I mean, I can go to BSU meetings, you know, at my, at my university or my college. But at the end of the day, I, you know, to, to grow an organization, um, to to show um, little girls, little boys that, you know, this is uh, the sense of community you want to be in, mm. be a part of, mm-hmm. work toward, mm-hmm. look for help, you know, help grow, be part of the youth council. I mm-hmm. mean, there is a bunch of things that the NAACP does, whether it's AXO, um, getting oh, yeah. talented you know, young students of color out there and things like that. It, it's now snatched from us. Yeah. Why? It, it makes me so, it makes me just furious because at the end of the day, um, I, you know, did more research and they are holding elections in November for new, um, you know, candidates uh, as far as treasurer, secretary, president, vice president, things like that. And, you know, I was telling hey, like, people of color I'm going Pe- I'm gonna sit right there. I'm like, yep. So. We're the brothers and sisters because this is, you know. And it don't have to. And, and honestly, all pe- people of color, that whole board should be speckled with black and brown. Like it shouldn't yes. have. It doesn't have to be all black, but it doesn't. It definitely can't be all white. And that's the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. It can't be. It cannot continue to be that way. Um, that's a great. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for giving us this information mm-hmm. give, uh, coming out. And I want to encourage you to know. The, the, I'm going to tell you like this. There's more black folks in Eugene now than there ever was when I grew up. There's more potential of connection than there ever was when I grew up here. So I want you to, to feel the, the power in being who you are, where you are. And when, when Eugene cannot give back to you, this is what we do. We create. So wherever you are, there you are, and you bring in other people, and you give them love, right? You know that you know the smile across the street from another black woman is is what well, is enough to send you through the day, through the week, happy, right? So we have to do that for each other, and just know that as much as we got people doing work around us, black and white, there's we're still looking for that place that is represent representative of who we are from the core of our joy, right? And, um, and if it's not outside of us, it's within us. And that's what we have to carry everywhere we go. So I want to thank you so much, Ajane, for being here with me. Um, and if anything, like anyone has questions, please uh, come for me. Let like DM me. I would love to talk more if y'all have things to say. Um, mm-hmm. I don't actually check my Spotify and probably should, but, um, you know, but you can DM me on my Facebook or my Instagram. So, (laughs) right. I should go to Spotify more often, but please, if you enjoyed the podcast, um, you know, uh, rate a five, uh, leave a review. It helps greatly on all the platforms. And if you don't have, do you have any last things you'd like to say before we go? I mean, first of all, I just want to thank you for this opportunity and letting me share this, you know, because you have to understand 
um, being a black woman in, the, in this in this city, it is really easy to internalize a lot of things that I go through, especially things like this. So I want to thank you for just giving me a platform, and Absolutely. of course, thank your daughter as well because you know for reaching out to me. Because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here right now. So thank you. Look a little bee. Okay, okay. She's like, hold on, I got someone you trying. To- no. Thank you. Yeah, because that's you that's the again. thing though. You've got to pass it forward. That's how we gotta take care of each other. We don't yep. nothing more is important than to see each other in a time of need. We don't need nothing else really. Like, you yep, know, it's like I appreciate you guys being connected and all of us as black folks in Eugene just trying to keep that hand out and keep that, that energy pull. So thank you so much. And if you are always welcome, you're definitely coming on another time. Mwah. Yes, and uh, please keep us in mind. I'm going to shut off the audio. Thank you so much. Hold on real quick. Thank you so much for everyone listening on audio, and uh, check us out next week. Peace.